Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Russ Cordell. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. I just, feel, I just felt the presence of the Lord, same as Brother, uh, Brother Rob this morning, just a, a powerful peace. God is speaking to his nation. He's speaking to his church this morning. You know, Memorial Day is a time that we, we recognize those servicemen and women that have sacrificed their lives so that we can have this awesome country. And we honor them and we memorialize them today. And as a matter of fact, if you have served in the armed forces in the United States and you're here this morning, I'd love to honor you. If you want to raise a hand, stand up. We honor you this morning, those of you that have served. We see some. Brother Hickey, Brother Jim, Brother Berlinger. Brother Matucci, if he's around, he's out in the hallway right now. We thank you for your service. That's not a notion. We're living in a country right now that in a great way, a great portion of our nation dishonors our service people and and makes shame of our armed forces and our military, and I'll never be a part of that. And so we'll continue to honor you and lift you up every chance that we get. And thank you for the the service that you've given us and the time that you sacrificed laying your life potentially on the line so that we can have this great country. But God gave us this country. God was at the founding of this nation despite what anybody wants to say in our political environment. God founded this nation with godly men and godly principles knowing that this would soon be one of the greatest nations ever to exist on the face of the earth. And what a wonderful and great privilege that we have. But we do sing about freedom. We do talk about the freedom that we have. And we honor, this is a memorial right here. This beautiful flag. Thank you, Brother Frazier, for this morning, for decorating our grounds. Wherever he is, he's around somewhere. With the memorials out there, our flags, we hold on to it so tightly. We're so privileged and honored to have this nation, the freedom that we have. And we do, we have greater freedom than nearly any nation on earth. Even Israel doesn't live under the same freedom that we do because they live under constant threat of attack and missile launches from the Palestinians and enemies abroad. And so we live in a great freedom, a safety. We step out of our door every morning and we don't think a thing about it that we step into our car and make our way onto our jobs or school or whatever it is. And sometimes we don't remember. And those are wonderful things and it's awesome to live in a nation like that. But I'm here to tell you this morning that God is telling us something. See, God is a God of memorials. He's a God of purpose. He's a God of understanding. And yes, while we have this great nation and sometimes we lift it above God, sometimes we look at that symbol and greater than that symbol or this one, this memorial hanging on the wall here or the one in the front of this pulpit. And so what he's saying is, is there's coming a time when we need to lift our memorials from him above anything else in our lives and remember that without him and the things that he brought us through, that would not exist. So I honor our servicemen today and women and our armed forces, those that sacrificed their lives, the blood of patriots that provided us the freedom that we have. Can We can wave that flag freely and recognize that because of that, I can stand up here today and I can say the name Jesus. There are dozens and dozens of countries in the world right now, if I said out loud in any public place such as this, the name Jesus, I would be executed. God has provided us this, this freedom and this wonderful, great land that we live in.
I'd like to have you stand this morning. I'm going to read a passage from the Word of God from the book of Deuteronomy and open our service immediately today. The name of my message this morning, the title of my message this morning is, Why Am I Doing This? Why am I doing this? And I'm going to tie this into memorials. As I said earlier, God is a God of memorials, and you're going to find out through the Word of God that I'm going to share today, and there's many other examples, that God is very, very much about memorials and how incredibly important they are. Because he's calling us today to a greater place, to a greater work, and those memorials in our lives should be the motivation, should be the memory that we have that drives us and continues to move forward. Deuteronomy chapter 16, starting at verse 1, says this. Observe the month of Abib, and keep the Passover unto the Lord thy God. For in the month of Abib, the Lord thy God brought thee forth out of the Egypt by night. Thou shalt therefore sacrifice the Passover unto the Lord thy God of the flock of the herd in the place which the Lord shall choose to place his name there. Thou shalt eat no leavened bread with it. Seven days shalt thou eat unleavened bread therewith, even the bread of affliction. For thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt in haste, that thou mayest remember the day when thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt all the days of thy life. You can be seated this morning. Now, of course, we understand what this memorial is about, what this passage is about. When, when, when God spoke to Moses and began to work the function of them escaping, continually going to Pharaoh, trying to flee by night, and finally God sends the death angel. He protects the children of Israel, sends the death angel into Egypt, and then they escape by night. But he says, this isn't something that we're just going to do and we're going to get out of town and everything's going to be good and head on to the promised land. There's going to be some specific things that you do for a memorial. You have to remember this day, all the days of your life. Why? Why do we do memorials? What is it about a memorial that's so significant? I'll tell you this too, and I just felt God spoke to me this morning about this. All over the United States of America, there's memorials to these servicemen and to the wars and to the battles and to the different events. My wife and I just vacationed for a few days down in Savannah, Georgia. There was a lot of Civil War stuff down there. Lots of memorials. There's parks all over Savannah with big memorials and and fountains and all these things standing, memorializing when the battle came and when the soldiers fought and, and people died. And those are important things. We have to remember those those things but why why do we have to remember them well primarily so we don't repeat the past we have to learn from what happened we have to learn why this came about what people did we have to learn about the courage of men and women and what they did the heroism of what they did to execute wonderful works and saving lives and saving the city and saving people and memorialize that so we remember to do it again. And so we're inspired to follow that, that, that same model that was given us. But here's the problem. We live in a country right now where we're memorializing all of that stuff all over the place. But the real memorials, the real monuments are under attack. We can't put a Ten Commandments up in Alabama, ripped it out. Everywhere you go, they're taking crosses down. They're taking anything related to Christianity and to the founding of this nation, and they're tearing it all down. I want to see what happens when they go into the Supreme Court of the United States of America and start shredding the wood that's on the walls because it's engraved with passages from the Bible. It's engraved with images of godly things and Christian words. 
When are they going to start doing that? I want to see. When are they going to start carving up the marble and tearing up the things in the capital, in the other buildings in our nation's capital that have godly messages on them, passages from Scripture? But what I'm telling you today is we got to start focusing on the real memorials, the real memorials that matter in our lives. See, Egypt in this example, and I think you've heard me preach this before, Egypt, when we talk about Egypt and the word of God, Egypt represents the old life. It represents sin. It represents what we escaped out of. Why did they need to make a memorial for what they'd done? Because God brought them out of sin. He brought them out of a terrible life that they didn't belong in. He brought them in a new place of freedom and liberty. That was his goal. That was the purpose of the promised land. But see, I don't think the children of Israel memorialized very well because look what they did in wandering through the nations, complaining. Brother Meyer, where's Brother Meyer this morning? He did a phenomenal job of laying the foundation for my message this morning. Man, I love it when God does that. I didn't talk to Brother Meyer all week except for Wednesday, and we did not talk about messages. I just have to say this. I ain't making any friends. I understand in this comment, but folks... I'm going to say it again and again and again. I love you. You are my family. But my goodness, I would love to have seen this many people in Sunday school this morning. What a great message that we're getting from the men and women in our leadership team that are putting their heart and soul into excellent messages. The prayer time that we have... Brother Meyer and our group that are leading prayer here on, on Sunday mornings, we're getting messages from God. We're getting moved. Folks, I'm telling you, I've had some of the greatest moves. You want to talk about memorials in my life? It's when I was at this altar praying and worshiping and God was moving. You need to be here. You need to start setting up memorials and establishing memorials for your Christian walk. Can I just say that? We can't live sloppy anymore. I'm not trying to hurt anybody or criticize anyone or make anyone feel bad. Everyone's got their walk and they're working their own deal out. I'm just imploring you because I love you. Because I want to see you blessed. I want to see more memorials coming into your life. Things that are going to help you propel forward into the future. Because here's the deal. As this nation is destroying the monuments and the memorials of things of God and Christianity, it's going to get tighter. It's going to get tougher. These freedoms are going to get more challenging. I promise you it's going to be more difficult for me and the other leaders of this church to stand behind this pulpit and worship the name of Jesus. It's going to happen. I just know it. We understand and we see from the word and from scripture and just what we're experiencing in our land right now. I I love the flag of the United States of America. Grew up pledging allegiance to it and I still do and I still will. But I'm going to tell you what, that flag, that symbol is under attack and it's not going to save you. See, we feel like we live in freedom and liberty, and we do. We're we're still there. It's kind of hanging. But I'll tell you what, if you're a baker in California, maybe you don't feel as free. Or if you're a printer in Missouri, maybe you don't feel as free right now. And what I'm saying to you is that while these memorials are important, while the things that we surround, that surround us in this nation and the things that we stand for and we, we, we salute and we hold attention to, absolutely, absolutely we should continue to do that because God gave it to us. 
because men and women died to continue to, to keep it going forward and to propagate the freedom in the nation that we have. Absolutely, we stand for that. But what I'm saying to you today is there's greater memorials. There's greater monuments. There's greater things that we need to establish in our own lives if we're going to make it. Let me go on a little bit further. Joshua chapter 4. You don't have to turn there, but you know this scripture very well. I've preached on it recently. In Joshua chapter 4, it talks about when the children of Israel were crossing the Jordan. And the Bible says that God split the waters of Jordan even to dry ground. And as, God was, as Joshua and the children of Israel going over the Ark of the Covenant stood there and it held the waters back and dried the ground so that the nation could walk across. And so when they did that, God spoke to Joshua and he said, you need to make a memorial. You need to make a monument. And he told the, he told the children of Israel to go and gather stones and they created a, mor- a memorial in the center of the River Jordan. Why? Why did they do that? So they would never forget God's provision. They would never forget that what God had done, not only had he taken them out of a life of sin and destruction and terribleness and all the things that they had experienced in Egypt, not only did he do all of that, but he provided them the land of promise. They got to remember. And so if you remember the story, a whole generation of Israelites were not allowed to pass over the River Jordan because of their fainting and the complaining, and, and Brother Meyer, he must, he must stepped out. He's working in his ministry. He's probably in, in Sunday school. But as Brother Meyer said this morning, they failed God, and they whined, and they complained about food, and then they complained about water, and then they complained about provision. And then when they got the bad note from, from the guy, the scouts that went out and saw the giants in the promised land, they complained about that. And so an entire generation was lost from the land of promise. I just believe that if we put all of our hopes and all of our focus and all of our dreams in government and hanging on to this precious land that we have and we forget, we forget the greater memorials of what God has brought you out. Because I want to tell you today, I had my land of Egypt. I had my land of of time before God. And I want to tell you, when he brought me out of what I was growing up in and the things that I was experiencing, the horrible things that I had to deal with in a family without God, I remember. I remember. And every single time I was at this altar for a morning prayer session or I was here for a Sunday school or I was here for a Friday night revival service or whatever it was that God did and the memorial was established in my life and he said, I've got something for you that's greater. I've got something for you that's more meaningful than just this daily grind of life. Whoop-de-doo, we've got a freedom to get up and go to work. All we do is we complain about that job. Oh, I want to get that job. I want to get that job. It's going to be the greatest job ever. We're in that job for two weeks and you know what oh man this job is a grind oh it's such a pain on and on and on and on we'll never be satisfied like the children of Israel with the things of this world the things of this earth will never satisfy us I love the United States of America I love the flag of this country but I'm telling you right now it's not enough to sustain you it's not enough to give you what you want we need to start establishing memorials communion service a few weeks ago I gave you 1 Corinthians chapter 11 we talked about how Paul recounted the night of the Lord's last supper in verse 23 it says do this in remembrance of me a memorial it was a memorial for what he had done the sacrifice that he was making we do it every year and we remember several examples throughout scripture 
of pillars as memorials. And there's significance to that. Pillars have a symbolic weight to them. And so you can go through scripture in the Old Testament and Samuel and Exodus and several places. It's pillars. This established a pillar and established a pillar. When Samson was tied to the Colosseum, he was tied to two pillars. They were holding up the structure of the whole Colosseum. And when he broke them down, he destroyed an entire nation of Philistines. There's significance in pillars. And again and again and again, scripture talks about God in, in the people of God establishing pillars as a, as a monument. God is a memorial God. He's about remembering. We had an adage when I was in the, in the advertising world. People have short memories. Has anybody here, by the way, let me just give you a quick example. Has anybody in the room, this is a stretch now, but has anybody in the room heard of a restaurant chain called McDonald's? It's not Irish food. Anybody? Nobody? Okay, all right. I'll think of another one. Everybody has been to McDonald's. If you have not eaten a McDonald's French fry, please step out of the room. Just kidding. McDonald's. Ubiquitous. Everywhere. Across the world. Do you know how much money they spend every year in advertising? The last word I heard, just in the United States alone, was $2.5 billion. Every single day, radio, television, newspapers, internet, everywhere, McDonald's advertises every day. Why is that? How could you possibly not know? (laughs) Anybody know what they serve? (laughs) But they're out there telling you every single day. Why is that? Because people have short memories. They spend $2.5 billion a year in the United States to advertise what you've already known since you were born. They serve hamburgers and french fries. But they know, they understand that people's memories are short. We don't care. We're just completely elusive to that stuff. And so they continuously pound it in our brains every single day. This is what we offer. This is what we serve. Man, oh man, it's a burger, it's fries, it's a Coke. How simple can that be? But they're telling you to the tune of two and a half billion dollars every year because somehow you're going to forget and you're going to go to Hardee's or Taco Bell or somebody else, right? That's the whole point. And so God knows, God knows that in our human flesh, we forget. We tend to, to kind of put things into the past and you don't remember. What I'm asking you today, do you remember what it was like before you met Jesus Christ? Do you remember what the pain was that your family was going through? Do you remember the joy and the power and the amazing experience you had when God filled you with the Holy Ghost at an altar just like this one? And you stood up and you said, yes, yes, Sister Victoria, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. That's real freedom that we talk about. That's the liberty that we should be memorializing. Absolutely, we stand on the great country that God has given us. But I'm telling you, you got to start establishing those memorials. you got to remember. you got to continue to remember. But don't stop there. Don't stop at the point when Egypt was done. Because when God was bringing his people into the promised land, he said, nope, i got another memorial for you to make. Because I split the waters and I allowed you to get through. And it goes on and on and on. I could read you passage after passage after passage of God's memorials. And do this in remembrance. And do this. Set up a pillar. Put a pile of stones. Create an altar. All throughout scripture. But my question to you today is are we doing that?
Are we doing it? Now, I told you earlier that the title of my message is, Why Are We Doing This? Why am I doing this? And I want to relate it to memorials today, but I want to tell you a story. I want to tell you a story about a Navy SEAL named David. I'm not going to tell you his last name because he wrote a book and he created an audio book and I listened to the audio book and, well, let's just say servicemen can have very colorful language when they describe their experiences. But David talks in his book about this process where he had to, he was uh, signing up for something called BUDS, which is Basic Underwater Destruct, uh, Demolition Services. And that's the preempt, and it's the classroom prior to what they call Hell Week. Have anybody here about, hear about Hell Week? Does it offend anyone if I say that? I can say Heck Week if you want. Okay, that's what they call it. Okay, Hell Week is a, is a training period as part of the BUDS training for a Navy SEAL where they literally put these men through living hell. At least that's the way they describe it as much as they know. <laughs> uh, if they really knew, they wouldn't say that. Um, but essentially, if you, if you don't know anything about this, it's a, it's a very physically demanding, very torturous, uh, week-long event that isn't really detested. Uh, it's not really designed necessarily to test the body and their physical abilities. They're all physical specimens. These guys that get in there, they're buff and they're rock hard and they've been lifting weights and running marathons and doing all that stuff. That's not what this is about. It's completely 100% mental. It's all about the mind. And how many times have you heard me preach and say that the battleground that you're going to be living in for the rest of your life at this point as a Christian in this church is going to be battleground of the mind. The enemy works in here. Okay, so, so David talks about going through this process. Now, this poor guy, because of, of health reasons and some other things that happened, actually had to go through this process three times. And so what they do is they have several series of crazy exercises and runs and all these things that they do, but they don't sleep for 100 hours. They are not allowed to go to bed. They're not allowed to fall asleep. None of that stuff. And they have to go through grueling physical exercises. They, they, they tie one another up and they take them out to the ocean. This is down in San Diego. And they lay them in the surf and it's freezing cold and there's sand and everything. And they're laying there shivering and shaking and freezing. And the, the ocean's just blasting them in the face and blasting them in the face. And the whole time these, these drill instructor guys and these instructors are standing over them, screaming at them and telling them what scumbag dogs and dirt balls they are. And how they're a bunch of sissies and blah, blah, blah and some other terrible words I can't use. But this is what they go through day after day after day for 100 hours straight. And David says in the book, and this is what struck me, is he says, you get to that place where your mind starts to work you over very, very quickly. And it causes you to ask this question, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? I could be at home in a warm house in a soft bed, with a hot meal, my wife or my significant other, and enjoying life. Why am I doing this? And so he says you go through that process, and he's an endurance runner. He's done hundreds of these 100-mile-long these crazy endurance runs that go through horrible... I, the, the description in the book is, is unbelievable. As a matter of fact, these 100-mile uh, endurance runs he talks about, are, he says are actually worse than Hell Week. And he describes uh, 
shattering bones in his legs as he's running and are micro fracturing all up and down his shins and his leg bones and how his toenails are being torn off and he's blistering and bleeding and his, his former blue sneakers are now red because they're soaked in blood and, and, and pardon, pardon the graphic nature of this next part but he's, he's defecating on himself because, he's, because his body is rejecting and fighting and all these horrible things are happening and I'm sitting there listening to like, just to finish a race just to finish a run but that's what these guys are driven to do they're driven to be hard they're like there's nothing going to stop me I'm going to make my goal I'm going to do whatever it takes I'm dedicated to this and I sat there and I thought my God if we could take a person and put him through that just so he gets to the end of a race you know what the prize money for a lot of these races are about $2,000 I could hold a rummage sale and raise $2,000 But it's not about the prize. And it's not about the money. It's about crossing the finish line. But he says at every single place, every single time you get to that place, and even multiple times during these events, where you're asking yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And your mind begins to, to, to really work you over, and your body gets to a place where, where you're just you're, you're crippling yourself, and you're hurting so badly the pain. He describes the pain in words I'd never even heard before. But he says that that point is where you got to dig down. And he calls them cookie jar moments. He talks about when he was a little kid and his mom would have had a cookie jar and you could only take one cookie, but it was only if you did the job that you were supposed to do or you got an A on your test or whatever. And he called them cookie jar moments. But what I'm saying is they were memorials. They were memorials in his life for the time when he had victory, when he pushed through, when he said, I can do this. I can get up on Sunday morning a little bit early and get in there and hug shoulders with my brothers and sisters and pray in the spirit and get refilled. There's a time when I can push through just a little bit and let the alarm clock go off a little earlier and be here and hear a great message from a great man of God. You understand what I'm saying? Because I'm telling you folks, you got to hear me on this. There's going to come a time where you're not going to have a choice whether you're going to have to push through or not. You're either going to push through or you're going to be done. I believe with all of my heart that this walk is going to take us to a place. It's going to be that fiery furnace place. It's going to be that place where we have to make a decision. Are you going to stand for God? Are you going to stand for what you believe in and have the faith from your memorials to know that God's going to carry you through it? Many times, many times in my walk, I can think of why am I doing this moment? Times when things didn't go so good, or I was struggling, or there were fights, struggles. Many times in our marriage, your marriage, admit it, you've had those why am I doing this moments. But if we recognize it, and we understand, and we have the memorials in our walk with God, and we remember, it'll help us push through. If you haven't thought for a while about things that God has done in your life, the healings that you've seen, the miracles that you've seen, the amazing things that he's brought you through, financial challenges, I can give you a hundred different testimonies right now of mine and I think about them all the time and I thank God for them daily and I share them with you because I don't want to forget, I don't want you to forget and I want to inspire you to remember the things that God has done in your life. Why? Because we need those memorials to say, I can't go back there. The memorials, the purpose of the memorials to say, here's what I was doing wrong then, here's the grace of God and why he fixed it and here's where I'm at right now 
That's what the purpose of the memorial is. So we don't repeat history. Because the Israelites wanted to repeat history. Those dummies forgot what it was to be slaves under the taskmaster's whip and literally said to Moses, well, we got meat and good stuff back in in Egypt. Maybe we should go back there. And even gathered up a group. The Bible says they called up a captain to lead them back to Egypt. (laughs) How stupid is that? The Egyptians were murdering them. But they had a little meat little comfort they had that why am I doing this moment why am I out here in the wilderness why am I wandering starving eating manna thirsty I'll tell you why because if you just hang in there a little bit longer if you just build a ladder a stepping stone on your memorials there's a promised land waiting for you there's a promised land that God has said I go to prepare a place and if it wasn't so I wouldn't say it but it's there for you. And in my father's house, there are many mansions. And I've got one reserved for you. If you just rely on your memorials, if you just stand on the things that God has done for you in your life and say, yes, yes, I know he'll do it again. He'll do it again because he did it before. And he did it again. And he did it this time. My goodness, he took us out of financial disaster when we were, we were in a place where, where people did terrible things to us and we were in the middle of a lawsuit. He's healed my daughter twice from what they thought was ovarian cancer. Matthew, my youngest son, who's in the room upstairs, somewhere around here, was, there he is, waving his hand. See, he's well enough to wave his hand. That little dude was born with his cord wrapped around his neck with a big knot in it, aspirating fluid into his lungs. He was going into some sort of neurological distress, and they told Pastor Kylie, you better baptize him, sir, because I don't think he's going to be here in the morning. They told us if he does survive, my wife doesn't remember this, she always, she always gets on me about this, but she, the doctor said if he does survive, he's either going to be a vegetable or he's going to be profoundly impaired if he lives. Six days later, we walked out of the hospital with a perfectly healthy baby boy because God wanted to put a memorial in my life that said, I will hear your prayer and I will stand up for you and I will fight the battle for you. Praise the Lord. And because of that, I will never, ever doubt the power of my king ever again. I've got two final scriptures here. I know this is a bit short this morning. I've got two final scriptures here for you. I want to share Malachi chapter 3, starting at verse 16. I love the word of God. (laughs) Read for years and still discover Malachi chapter 3. Now, if you understand what's happening in the book of Malachi, God is just about to say, I'm done with Israel. His people had failed him again and again and again. Into captivity, into restoration. Into captivity, into restoration. They never knew or understand what it was to have a memorial, to understand what God had done for them, to remember And so he was at that place where he's saying, so many are wicked. So many are just, they're just lost. And if you remember at the end of Malachi, it's the last book of the Old Testament. God's done and he backs out. 
for 400 years. But listen to what he says about the spare few that do love him and did stay faithful. It says in verse 16, then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. Okay, I'm just gonna say right there, forsake not assembling yourselves. We gotta talk one to another. We gotta bolster one another, share with one another. They spake often one to another about the great things of God. Looks what it says, and the Lord hearkened and heard it And a book of remembrance, a memorial, was written before him for them that feared the Lord, that thought upon his name. That's why we got to be here together. That's why we got to stand shoulder to shoulder, Brother Meyer, and and pray and lead these folks and and bring great messages and and share the word of God. We got to speak one to another. God's hearing it. He's hearkening. See, when we do this, when you're here and when you're gathering together in other places but you're talking about him and the great things that he's done, he's writing it down in a book of remembrance. He's creating a memorial for you. Verse 17 says, And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. And in that day when I make up my jewels and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. When God calls you a jewel, you got to understand, he's making a statement there. Jewels are varied, all different sizes and shapes and colors. They're strong. Most of them are very hard. They're all over the world, by the way. Jewels can be found everywhere on planet Earth. You know that? Everywhere. There's places where they, they find jewels and gems. But they're precious. And they're rare. And what God is saying, when he calls you a jewel, you need to understand he's, he's elevating you to a very, very special place in his world. And he says, I'll spare you as a man spareth his own son. Verse 18, then ye shall return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and then him that serveth not. And that's the end of Malachi. And so what he's talking about there is the time. He's going to separate those that served. He's going to separate those that kept on. He's going to separate from those that had that, why am I still doing this moment? Why am I doing this? And then you dig down deep and you find your memorials. You find your cookie jar place and you just keep on going. He's got a memorial for you. He's got a memorial for you, but you got to be there. That's what he's saying. Because the ones that give up, the ones that walk away, the ones that slow down, the ones that forget, the ones that act like Egypt and say, well, I've got meat back at the house. I gotta, I gotta, I'd rather go to breakfast. Not so much. You can stand this morning if I can have a musician. I have one more scripture to share with you as I close this morning. The book of Isaiah, chapter 56, starting at verse 3, says this. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, the Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, behold, I'm a dry tree. Okay, now first I want to tell you, we're the foreigners in the, in the eunuchs. Those are God's words for talking about those that are outside 
the nation of Israel, the ones that had assumed that they were worthless, the ones that had no meaning at, at a certain point in history and in time. And, and the eunuch represents separation. The eunuchs were the guys, they were the servant guys. They weren't allowed to be in the temple. They weren't allowed to partake like the children of Israel were. And so what God is saying is, no more. You foreigners and the eunuchs, do not say, behold, I'm a dry tree, that I'm separate from his people. Verse 4 says, for thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths. Notice it said Sabbaths. Who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant. I will give in my house and within my walls a what? A monument. And a name better than sons and daughters. And I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Folks, he gave you this name. He gave you the name of Jesus. The greatest memorial, the greatest monument that we'll ever know in humanity. And if you've been saved, if you've given him your life, if you're full of the Holy Ghost, he gave you this name. You bear it. My brother Matson always says, remember the name that you bear, who you are. You bear this name. And he's calling you a jewel. And he's calling you to establish these monuments because he's saying, I'm going to remember you. But my encouragement to you today is, yes, honor our nation. Continue to fight for our rights and our freedoms. Vote often. Be a part of the civil responsibility that we have because he blessed us with this nation and he blessed us with mighty women and men who were courageous enough to step up and lay their lives in the line to serve in our armed forces so that we can maintain this land. And a lot of people have died over the decades and even the centuries. But beyond that, beyond that, start establishing your own monuments your own memorial days. And remember, when you get to that place, why am I still doing this? Don't turn away. Don't give up. Push through. Just try it. Just try it. And see what an amazing blessing it is to stand here with your brothers and your sisters and worship and praise in a pre-service prayer or to hear amazing, wonderful teaching from a man or woman of God who's, who God has spoken to and given you words. Brother Meyer's message this morning was excellent. That's what I'm saying. We've we got to start pushing through because things are getting tougher. And the more this starts to slip away from us, the more we got to turn this way. I'm going to open the altar this morning and I want to challenge my brothers and sisters. You've heard me say it before, but I believe that because of the memorials that we have, the monuments that God has given us, we need to seek excellence. We need to be great at doing this. There should be a desire to do that. If there's a man out there who's willing to watch his feet shred and bleed and his legs break and, and experience excruciating pain to win a road race, what little more can we do than to dedicate ourselves to the family of God and the work that God, God's got for us and to seek him here? first talk to him this morning Jesus 
Lord, I'm so very thankful, God, for your word today, Jesus, for the memorials that you've given us. God, you've given me so many miracles. Just the fact that you plucked my soul out of a destination hell and gave my family an opportunity to know you, Jesus, that you sacrificed on the cross, Lord, the greatest memorial, the greatest monument that we could ever have. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.